Previously on Tokyo Signals, Michelle and I dove into a whole new world for Shark Month by talking about the Disney original TV show, Aladdin. So, now, here in the middle of Bug Month, I thought it would be appropriate for us to dig into another beloved childhood classic. The story of a young lion who is forced to confront the loss of his father and become the king of the jungle with the help of his bird friend and monkey mentor. That's right, this month on Tokyo Signals, we're talking about Kimba, the white lion. Kimba, not to be confused with Simba, is a lion drawn by Osamu Takezu uh, of Astro Boy fame that, despite some similarities, has nothing to do with the Lion King. Uh, don't listen to any videos that tell you otherwise. This four-legged hero kicked off his adventure in the 1950s as a manga, but today we're talking about his 1965 animated series, uh, where each episode has the young king prove his kindness and bravery, only to end with a Sonic Says moment, where he provides the moral of the story. And now, our story continues. I realize I shouldn't have said story multiple times then. We interrupt this program to bring you... A giant of limitless power. What would happen, they wondered. Why not try? Nuclear fission. To build the first atomic bomb. Man has released from within the atom's heart. Not one, but many giants. Welcome to Tokyo Signals, the bite-sized kaiju podcast for all your fermented grasshopper egg recipes. I'm Rob, and joining me live from a gigantic radioactive flower is a very special guest. Would you mind introducing yourself? It's me. Kaiju Oh. Oh, you're... What happened? You're muted out, sorry. Okay. Can you hear me now? Yeah, I think oh. I think your voice cut out when you introduced yourself. I'm sorry. Oh, I went too high. <laughs> Hi. Hi, it's me. Ayuhime, also known as Destiny in other places. Uh, I never know how to introduce myself, but hello, I'm here. <laughs> hello. Uh, welcome to the uh, to, to Tokyo uh, Signals. Um, yeah, I thank uh, you for having me. I uh, I've uh, I've watched some of your your streams. Um, I'm familiar with your art. Uh, I'm familiar mostly, uh, I'll admit, with your Gigan body pillow. Huge <laughs> life changer for me, frankly, and for the rest of the cast. Wait, did you get one? No, not yet. I I uh, oh, okay. <laughs> I I really should have. I uh, uh, I will say that one of our our hosts uh, uh, has been. Uh, talking about it regularly though <laughs> that's awesome yeah i <laughs> i think i have a little like artist statement that i feel like i should like put somewhere on the internet for people to read but it was basically one of these things where i saw the gigan uh statue i think the final wars version and i'm like very interested in um, the paradox or the just 
juxtaposition of like different things of like yeah oh there are these big monsters what if i make them cute oh there's <laughs> this big scary pointy guy what if i put them on something soft like a pillow <laughs> and like how can i push that concept and where can i take it and then like the reaction to it was um <laughs> kind of unexpected and it kind of blew up and i was like i only got maybe like 15 of them printed and i was like and eh, you know because other stuff i make like people will be like oh i really want this on a sticker yeah and then so i'll make a sticker and then i still have a bunch left over so i was like i'll do a small run yeah. And I sold out in a day. <laughs> so I really underestimated the draw of Gigan. I think I think you underestimated the internet's horniness. I think I think yeah. that ultimately <laughs> like the the biggest the biggest thing is that like uh we're all just deviants. <laughs> <laughs> I'll not deny it. <laughs> <clears throat> uh especially now we have Lady Gigan out. Uh, with good golly, yes. uh, <laughs> buzz saw I, between her legs. I was like, I want one. <laughs> <laughs> I need to find some time because I really have this image in my mind of like 1980s businesswoman Gigan's mom, oh, where yes. she has like an old school, like chunky cell phone, and then the leopard print bag in the other arm. And she's like, Be good, honey, mommy has to go to the office. <laughs> I would love, I would love a mini series that's like an 80s rom com with business suit, uh, Mama Gigan, uh, uh, learning, learning that she doesn't, you know, just need to be good at business. She also can learn to love violence, yes. violence and harming <laughs> other kaiju. <laughs> yeah. In my mind, I was kind of picturing it like the skit in Animaniacs where it's like little lady Katie goes kaboom. Oh, yes. <laughs> she turns into a monster. It's like, ah, like <laughs> I have opinions on that, but <laughs> that's kind of what I'm envisioning. Like she's doing business and then something goes wrong. So she's like, with their claws like papers i was going to lean into the 80s rom-com nature of it but instead of like you know uh kissing or any romantic tension it's romantic tension leading to violence (laughs) a new a new uh a new uh team member joins uh, uh or she she has to go back to her childhood home and she meets a a cool uh, her like ex, like you know, high school crush, and he's really cool, but he doesn't have like a good job, and he teaches her how to enjoy life by causing violence. <clears throat> I was thinking too, like Godzilla should be her boss, so it would be like an office oh, space, and he yes. comes in with a cup of coffees, like yeah, it's like hey, <laughs> hey, <laughs> I need so, those papers on my desk by noon. Godzilla salary man is an untapped uh an un- un- untapped market there. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um so uh I uh, uh last month I was reaching out because I had found this uh this episode of uh, uh Aladdin that had giant shark on it and I reached out to Lisa and Eric and a few other people and I said, "Hey, do you know anyone who knows is like a like a like a Disney fan?" And I got two names, Kaiju Kim and Kaiju Hime. 
<laughs> and I was like, okay, cool. I'll message both. I'll see. And, and Kaiju he, uh, Kim was the first person to message, and she messaged me back immediately. <laughs> so I was like, okay, cool. Well, uh, yeah, sure. Uh, unfortunately, because she was getting ready for G-Fest, she wasn't able to make the last episode. Oh, no. So I started to send you a message, but I was like, it's day, like it's the day before we record. So I'll just, I'll just like the next time I have anything Disney adjacent, I'll, I'll make sure to like reach out. <laughs> Lo and behold, next this month, bug month, uh, I found uh, a episode of a cartoon show with a giant bug. And it just so happened to be Kimba the White Lion. Uh, which, while not Disney related, uh, there is that that common thread. So I thought it'd be very funny to uh, to bring you in to talk not only about your personal history with uh, with uh, uh, the Lion King or Disney in general, but also with uh, if perhaps you have any personal history with Kimba the White Lion. Yeah, so I'm really excited um, because yeah, I'm a, I'm a- I'm a Disney. I'm a Disney adult. Okay, let's just say it. Let's just put it out there. I'm a Disney adult. My husband and I go to the Disney parks. I go. We went to karaoke a couple weekends ago, and I sang all the Disney songs. Okay, putting it out there. <laughs> um, no shame. <laughs> yeah. No. Hey, listen. I. You know. Uh. We we all choose sometimes heretical lifestyles, and uh, you know if if this is the path that you've decided to take, I I can't I can't you know I can't condone it. I can't condone Disney adulting, but you know what? This is America, home of the free, land of the <laughs> home uh, of the free, and I can spend my money however <laughs> I want. Gosh darn it! I I'm to be fair. I went to Disney World when I was a, a wee bab. Uh, uh. And I remember having, I mean, I was like, I had just turned 13 and I had a really good time. The Aww. most, the most recent time. And I, we were saying like at a hotel on site. So, and apparently that's like the best way to do it. We were there for like mm-hmm. a whole week. So we got to explore mm-hmm. every little area of the whole park multiple times in detail. Mm-hmm. Really cool. I went back there for New Year's in. Oh no. In 2019 or 20. No, it was 2020. So, yeah, it was like, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> oh, my gosh. Oh, my good golly gosh. There were lines for everything that were over an hour long. Uh, there was like everything. So, basically, it was just became a food tour of Disney at that point, which is like yes. the only thing that didn't have crazy lines, the restaurants. Yes. And I got the the very, very good, that like orange swirl. The oh whip. The whip. Dole yeah, whip. Yeah, orange Dole whip. Uh, I love Dole whip. It's so good. It's worth Dole it. Dole whip is so good. Uh, also, for someone with like dietary restrictions and everything, yeah. I go there and every year the food's even better. And nice. like, I freaked out because one of the places I went to, they had gluten free churros. And I've Yo. never had a churro before. And I was like, oh, I'm crying. <laughs> and everyone, everyone who works there is just like, Oh, we've, glad we've had a magical time. I'm like, you don't <laughs> understand. <laughs> um, but I won't get into it too much on the podcast. But like, <laughs> like I went a few times when I was younger because my yeah. dad is like really into it. And I mean, my husband and I, I'm like, for me over here being like, I'm a Disney adult, blah, blah, blah. Like we've gone 
three times uh, together since 2015 yeah. or so. So it's like once every three to five years. Yeah. It's, and it's usually like around my birthday and uh. I'm like, the I'm the kind of person where I'm like, I'm like watching the crowd calendar and I'm like, <laughs> we can't go on this day. Like these are the days that we go and like, yeah. you know, plan ahead. Cause I also love planning and it's like the perfect vacation for me because i'm like yeah i can plan everything beforehand i have a schedule and then i go there and like everyone's gonna take care of me and i'm gonna have a good time <laughs> i'm gonna ride winnie the pooh and get a dole whip and watch the tiki birds and it's gonna be great <laughs> so <laughs> well that's, that's my <laughs> the experience <laughs> <laughs> that's okay so you're coming so you have like a plethora of knowledge do you do you mm-hmm. have any specifically fond memories of of uh the lion king uh in general i remember when this is such a strange kind of specific memory but i remember yeah. when i was a child and i went to the theater to see it for the first time Oh, okay. and i was with my two younger siblings and my parents at a friendly's Oh, and, wow. Yeah. And my dad about was looking at the movie times in a newspaper. <laughs> awesome. And it was like, hey, do we want to take the kids to go see The Lion King? They would, my parents would take us to see like the Disney movies. Yeah. Um, so we went and I remember like my mind was like blown. <laughs> it was amazing. And I like was obsessed with that movie. Um, it, I wouldn't say it's my favorite Disney movie. It's probably my husband's favorite Disney movie. Fair. My favorite Disney movie is Bambi. Oh, that's a good one. And I felt like there were some parallels or influences in the Kimba episode from Bambi. I, you know what? You're not you're you're not wrong. There's <laughs> definitely. I would say that this has more in common, more gr- common ground with. Yeah, uh, Bambi than it does with The Lion King in very, like, in its presentation. Uh, mm-hmm. I, although, I, um, uh, yeah, I, yeah, so, okay, let's, let's drill in a little <laughs> bit more onto Kimba specifically. Have you seen any Kimba before I, out of the blue, sent you a message on Twitter saying, <laughs> Hey, please watch this video and provided a hyperlink to a random episode in the middle of a 1965 series. And we're like, what does this have to do with monsters? Um, <laughs> so I, I am somewhat familiar. I had seen a little bit of Kimbo when I was younger. Um, I saw, I have like fragments in my mind of like, you know, Kimbo was, there was a circus guy and he, with a bunch of like circus animals and like that's and you know it was like oh he's a white lion that's like the extent of what I remember (laughs) but my mother had an affinity for Kimbo when she was younger so for me growing up she would like tell me about the things she used to watch on tv like howdy doody time (laughs) and like Kimbo the white lion she would always be like I thought Kimbo was so cute. He was so cute. So white. And he's so fluffy and I. Blah, blah, blah. And then she would sing the song like, Kimba, the white lion. You know, so that was like, that's like my knowledge of Kimba. Wow. I keep getting lucky with finding people that happen to have like a personal connection with the thing that I'm reviewing. 
And usually I'm like <laughs> looking for people. This time it was purely as a bit for the like Lion King to Kimba thing, but that's really cool. I didn't know your mom uh, like had a familiarity with it. That's cool. Yeah. So it's like <laughs> sort of like um, knowledge through osmosis. <laughs> Honestly, having watched this episode and a few other episodes of it, I feel like I also only have knowledge via osmosis. <laughs> it's like, I know I watched this, but I just don't remember watching it. The knowledge is just there. It feels it feels too esoteric and too like unknowable. Like I'm I'm breaching into an ancient text that I'm not supposed to understand. Speaking of, would you like to understand the plot? Of Kimba the White Lion, episode 23, The Giant Grasshopper. I would like to understand it because <laughs> I was like, what is going on here? I, I tried. I also went back a few episodes because there are things that they say have happened in the past in this episode. So I assumed there was like a like a canon where every episode progressed the narrative. That's not the case as far as I can tell. Uh, so, yeah. Shall we move on to the plot? It's a new night under a new moon, or so we're told by the narrator, before an owl quartet sings us into a false calm before turning into friggin' demons. But there's no time for that, because our monkey friend has been awoken by an earthquake. Ah, wait, no, it's not an earthquake, it was just a dream. Fortunately, a cute hedgehog is there to tell us that everything is fine and that there were no recent tectonic shifts. Poor monkey, now everyone thinks he's crazy. Shucks golly, what could have caused that tremor though? Well, our monkey is happy to let us know that Goku blasted the force with a Kamehameha wave not too long ago. Oh wait, no, I'm sorry, that was a UFO. <laughs> and not only that, it was a radioactive one? Wow! Well, at least Professor Utonium from the Powerpuff Girls lives in a cave nearby, and he'll be able to help explain the situation to us. Meanwhile, several miles away, there's a giant flower, and it's growing at a rapid rate because of radiation from the UFO. Thanks, Professor Utonium. Now we have a full understanding of what's happening. Anyway, now there's another earthquake. Does this possibly have something to do with the volcano that's about to explode? Let's find out, shall we? The investigation of the volcano leads our heroes to a now open cave where a mass of grasshoppers is broken free. Where did these grasshoppers come from, you ask? Why, a previous episode, perhaps? No. Okay, moving on then. The swarm of grasshoppers is going to be a huge problem. These creepy crawlies are going to eat up all the food in the jungle, and we need a solution fast. Cue the inflation fetish. Wow. I didn't expect that. Kimba gets all his carnivore friends to start eating the grasshoppers, but now they're all fat, happy, and the biggest sin of all, lazy. Kimba, while investigating for a way to deal with the grasshoppers, goes back into the cave. Egad! A giant grasshopper monster shows up! My goodness, that's so scary, and also means we can cover this episode on Tokyo Signals. Don't worry though, it's not a problem that we have to deal with at all. Instead, let's spend five minutes of our 20-minute runtime talking about how to preserve food. What? Where did this plot even come from? What's happening? Why are we spending so much time on this? Why are the monkeys daydreaming about how to turn grasshoppers into jerky? 
Don't worry though, that leads absolutely nowhere because the animals don't have the technology to make grasshopper jerky anyway. So let's get back to the giant monster plot. The grasshopper, which is now flopping around in his tunnel, breaks a hole to the surface. Kimba forms an army of his predator pals. No, not the aliens, just like the lions and tigers of the jungle. To go fight, but oh no, they're just too overweight to do battle. So it's up to Kimba to wrestle with the beast. Using his wits, he tricks the mutated grasshopper out into the sunlight, then hops on its back and rides it straight into the volcano. Wow, that's so violent. Don't worry though, they didn't have the budget to animate it falling into the lava. The moral of the story is, kill anything that's different from you, shame people into diets, and everything will work out in the end. Jeez, no wonder boomers turned out the way they did. <laughs> the narrator concludes as the owls sing in Japanese in the background. Then again, who can understand that owl language? Holy shit! <laughs> the end. It's like... I'm crying because I'm like, all of the emotions of watching that episode is just flooded. <laughs> and maybe like, what is this? What's going on? What? I love the narrator though, who's like, this, who can understand what the silly owls are saying? And it's like, well, if you speak Japanese, that's it's what also saying. literally he says like, I bet the owls are singing about who could be this sad over a, a giant grasshopper or whatever. He literally says it. And then the very next line is like, but who can understand these friggin' owls anyway? Gosh. The <laughs> only thing I caught when they were singing was like Akuma. And I was like, demons? Yeah. There are going to be demons? <laughs> well, because they even turn into spooky versions of themselves after singing the song. Yeah. And I did and pick up the... on that, so I was like, uh. And then the monkey is like, it was demons! <laughs> there was, oh, was gosh. an earthquake. You're just dreaming. And he's like, no, it was demons. I wasn't dreaming. I'm telling you it was demons. Gosh dang it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I was like, this baboon believes in demons? <laughs> I, uh, yeah. Well, let's talk about the monster design before we move okay. on. Uh, yeah. Okay. So Kimba fights a giant mutated by alien radioactive, like energy, right? From a spaceship. Mm -hmm. Has mutated a grasshopper. Now you would think like, okay, they're going to do something weird with a grasshopper. No, no. In fact, it's just like a normal black and gray grasshopper with red eyes and it's just really big it's just a really yeah. big grasshopper it didn't even fly no or like hop. it, 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 was it like... walks like a miyazaki monster which is really cool and it yeah. does sound like a machine it like whirs and groans and like yeah. you hear like little like hydraulic presses i, I called it it sounds like an atat -AT in my notes here which is not entirely accurate, uh, but I, I was like, this is weird. Like it, it's it's a very, I don't know. I, I it was very interesting. I thought it was very cool, but it feels like that, like the alien radiation, giant mutant plant, giant mutant like grasshopper. That's your story. There, you're good. But okay. then they added this whole because they're like, well, what's the moral of the story here? So the first moral that they hit you over the head with is like, we need to preserve food because sometimes things will get rough and then we need to be able to 
like eat slimly, which makes sense for a silent generation Japanese author to write into a story. That makes sense. Right. Yeah, I think that's a point we were like, this is some post-war yeah. kind of moral. Yeah. The second moral, and this is interesting. I saw, I read this on the wiki. So when they don't show it, but when, uh, uh, when the giant grasshopper dies, uh, young Kimba walks back and he's really sad and defeated. In the English version, he's he's silent for about four seconds, and he's like, "I just feel really bad for killing that gosh dang grasshopper." Shucks, golly. In the original Japanese release, apparently it's like a, a like twenty seconds, like it's nearly half a minute of just him looking sad and reactions of all the other animals being like, "Oh, come on, aren't you happy? You killed him. You killed him so good." Um, with like the the second moral being like a Godzilla moral, which is just like, man, it sucks. We couldn't live in harmony with this giant monster that got made by uh nuclear radiation. If only we could have learned to coexist, Um which, uh-huh. okay, cool. But that also feels discontiguous with like the other moral. And I feel like usually a kid's story, they do one, you know, Sonic says one, like Aesop's fable one, like, you know, turn to the camera and be like, don't do drugs, kids. And then, like, they move oh. on. This was like, what if we just did a handful, you know? <laughs> and, like, Roger or Ranger or whatever his name was, he's like, don't worry, Kimba. It was a monster. It deserved <laughs> to die. Yeah, the the, the <laughs> Professor Whoa. Utonium, I called him. He's yeah. like, he's like, heck, yes, you should have killed that thing. And you should have done it sooner. Because he yeah. was a freak. He was ugly. <laughs> it's like, oh, my <laughs> God. Oh my goodness. <laughs> uh, I, I, I can't take credit for the boomer joke in the uh, plot synopsis. I was actually, uh, my girlfriend said that as like at the end of the episode, she said, man, no wonder boomers are so messed up. <laughs> You're like crying. It I'm was, like, oh man. It, it's just, I mean, you know. Um, so I wrote down a list of thoughts on the show and I don't know if you have your own, uh, uh, little, a list of, of things here, but I'm going to go through these, uh, on, on my own personal thoughts and you can jump in at any point with, uh, mm-hmm. uh, your own thoughts. Um, the first thing is that like, while the animation is like super static, there are stills that are really like catchy, like really interesting. Like, uh, it opens saying a new night with a new moon. And first off, it's not. It's like a waning it's, moon yeah. <laughs> at best. It's a crescent moon. You can see the moon. Um, but you've got this big moon hanging in this blood red sky and all these like black trees kind of growing out of this red earth. It looks very swampy, very like, you know, it, it's just, I don't know. It reminds me a lot of like Thundar the Barbarian, but like oh, yeah. mm-hmm. way trippier, way more 60s art style. And, like, that's just such a powerful start to the show. Before you even get into, like, the owls singing, it's just, like, immediately, like, dread. And I was like, ooh, that's cool. The rest of the animation doesn't quite hold up. Uh, There's, like, the three carnivores that hang out. One just looks like a chihuahua. I don't know what it's supposed to be. I thought it was, like, yeah, because I thought the same thing. And I was like, maybe it's a jackal. Could be a jackal. Could be a finnick. Could be... Uh, yeah i was like it's like like a kangaroo there or something at one point and i was like i I could not tell you what that was supposed to be but like 
it was very funny that eventually just looked like a fat chihuahua, which I love, you know. Um, the next thing uh, that I picked up on immediately is that there is very rarely lip flap. Uh, most of the time, characters have a very static face, mouth open, mouth, clo- you know, either the mouth is open or the mouth is closed. And then there's like dialogue, like a lot of rapid fire dialogue. Um, I don't know if this was common in the 60s. I remember Speed Racers, the only other anime from this era that I watched a lot. And like there, there was plenty of times where people weren't talking and like their mouths weren't moving and there, there was a lot of dialogue, but it was all inside their head. So it had this echo effect where they're like, oh, oh no, I need to get around the car. Racer X is about to run me off the road. Oh no, I need to activate my uh, jump boosters. Speed Racer. You know, like there's, there was like clearly like a little bit of an echo effect applied to make it sound like it's talking in your head. This, the animals are just standing there with mouths open being like, oh no, we need to get away from these grasshoppers. Otherwise they're going to eat all our food. We have to do something to get rid of them. Yay. You know? Yeah. Um, So I don't know if this is the case for Kimba, but I know it was the case for the Speed Racer cartoon. Yeah. Is that in Japan, um the budget was like non-existent like they basically made that animation for pennies and i think the i'm sorry i forget his name but the original creator of the manga actually uh, like tezuka did uh did he he didn't do speed racer oh no i don't know be uh no sorry i don't know for speed racer (laughs) I, i forget who did speed racer but he he did the the artist for the manga this also was like, I'm going to animate this. I want to have an animation studio. Oh, wow. And so they did the animation on, it was for like pennies. Yeah. So that's why it's all very just like choppy and things aren't really moving. And it's like one (laughs) frame is like him over here. And the next frame is like him in the car. Like, Uh, yeah. Yeah. So I don't know if it's like, if it was a 60s thing where. Just more common. I mean. They weren't getting enough funding or making enough money for the animations yeah it's i mean i don't yeah that's the thing is i can't really tell if it's like i I don't know i would need to watch more if i to like speak on it but like (laughs) of the two this one is more noticeable because it doesn't seem like it's supposed to be internal dialogue it's like they're communicating Mm -hmm. um uh, so what was with the food preservation arc? Uh, I see what they're trying to do here, but it felt a little bit too chaotic to work. Uh, as with a lot of, like, there seems like there's a pace and a harmony with the rest of the show, which is just like spooky earthquakes, spooky flashback to a Kamehameha wave, spooky reveal of a giant flower, spooky reveal of a giant monster, uh, and then fighting the giant monster and throwing it off a cliff. Right. So you've got your whole arc there. This extra layer where it's like halfway through, they introduce, by the way, all the grasshoppers will eat all the food and we would die. But don't worry, I got my friends to eat all the grasshoppers. But now we're still all going to starve eventually. And then don't worry, that's actually not a problem because someone took all the grasshopper eggs and buried them. And now they're all fermented grasshopper eggs. So it's just like, it's just kind of like a little bit too much. Yeah. For me, it raised a lot more questions (laughs) than, like, actually help providing any sort of moral. Yeah. It's (laughs) it's not bad, 
but it, it's very strange. Like, I, I don't know. And admittedly, like it's sixties. They probably were just doing like a one for one translation, you know, like, I don't think there was localization back then. <laughs> so they're yeah, just like, yeah, I this is what they're that. saying. So sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Sometimes with those old, th- older shows, I'm like, I'm like, are they translating it literally or are they just making stuff up? Again, with Speed Racer, they would just make stuff up. Yeah. Because they, like, didn't have a script. <laughs> so for Kimba, I'm like, are they making stuff up? Well, no, this sounds like it's being accurate, but, like, it still doesn't make a whole lot of sense. <laughs> I just have more questions. Yeah. Why we got to fat shame the animals? That was, yeah. Know? I mean. How are they getting fat off just eating grasshoppers? They're just eating grasshoppers. Do you know how many calories are in grasshoppers? Like five. How many grasshoppers yeah. are they eating? <laughs> and then I was confused. I was like, was the monster grasshopper making the little grasshoppers? I think one I... just happened to mutate and then all the others were still normal grasshopper sized. Because they say, like, Kim was like, oh, I locked them all in this cave earlier, but they must, they found a way out. So I thought, like, oh, the last episode, they must have put a boulder up to block all these, you know, and now the problem got big. They they tried to hide the problem away. Oh, no, mm-hmm. the problem got too big to be managed. But I, I watched a few of the, you know, episodes before this, and I even went into, like, the wiki that describes each episode, and I couldn't find one where they're like, oh, no, our, all our crops are being eaten by a swarm of locusts. So, it, I, uh, <laughs> no. Also, other question, who is farming? Who owns the farm? <laughs> Do the animals own the farm? And what are they farming? I think, I mean, like, I thought the implication was just like, yeah, the locust will just eat the entire forest. It'll just destroy, decimate the jungle. Um, And since Kimba... They were saying they had a farm. I, I don't know. I think they were saying <laughs> they should have a farm or maybe that, like, if they could, they would farm stuff, but they don't. I don't know. When the monkey is daydreaming about solutions for how to, like, survive this food apocalypse this food shortage that may happen even though apparently all the locusts got eaten so i don't know why there's still a food shortage that's going to happen uh he kind of talks about so i don't know if they have a farm maybe they did i don't know listen they got professor utonium hanging out with them and later in the episode he's like i'm choosing to be here but his clothes are shredded like he like he's like that's why i came to live with you kimba and it's like, you look like you survived a plane wreck, bud. Like, this doesn't look like a choice. This looks like a stranded situation. <laughs> I know he, like, he lives in a cave and he has, like, nothing. <laughs> like, I think he had a bed and, like, the clothes on his body. So if you were, like, making a decision to go live somewhere, you'd think you would bring some kind of provisions with you. <laughs> I, don't, I think he, he's just lying to himself. He wanted a full. Oh yeah, he's 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 in denial. His well, because he really th- like the first few weeks he thought people were going to show up, and now he's like several years, and he's like, I chose, I chose this. I I wanted yeah. to be here. Okay, I don't even want. I don't even want to be rescued, Kimba. So but, there, I'm fine. I'm fine personally. I'm fine, and there's nothing. There's nothing wrong with me. I'm fine. And every night he, he goes need, to bed. Eating his grasshopper eggs and sobbing. <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Um, 
But yeah, do you have any other uh, strong feelings, thoughts, comments, or concerns about the show? Man. Okay, so I thought it was interesting that they left the owl song in Japanese. Yes! That was very, that was an interesting, like, choice. I Well, that's what I thought, too. When I first, the intro is in, you know, is in uh, this Japanese singing, and there's the who, who, who owl part. I was like, oh, that's really cool. They're keeping some of the original Japanese audio. There must be some reason for that. And then at the end of the episode, the guy's like, but who can understand this owl speak? And like, to me, it was like, could they not afford like a singing, like a crew of people to sing? Like, you know, <laughs> even in like barbershop quartet, like knockoff singing, you know? It's, I mean... I guess for me, it was more like frustrating. Like if I didn't understand, if I didn't pick up certain things they were saying in the song, I probably would have just been like, oh yeah, whatever. But like the fact that I was like, I heard them say this, what does this have to do with this episode? But then like, this (laughs) doesn't show up. So I'm like, so obviously the owls are like some kind of framing device. Yeah. I feel like, like they're framing like, oh, here's what's going to happen in the episode. And then like, oh, we're we're recapping like the moral of our story. Ooh. And then like, but you, you didn't bother to really address it. Yeah, I think, I think, yeah, I think maybe in the original Japanese, they might've served more of a purpose. However, mm-hmm. looking back at previous episodes to this one, there's no, the, the, the owls don't show up. I mean, really? I, didn't, I didn't watch every single episode, but if they were a framing device where they came in and they kind of like sang the moral and then like you had a big fun song and dance every time. No, they don't show up in any of the other ones. Mind you, the episode right before this is like the plague happens and like Kimba's got to go find the one cure, which is up on this mountain. And they have to like fight a bunch of like horrible little like, I don't know, like lizard things. So, was, <laughs> so like, you know, there's. There are high stakes in these episodes, mm-hmm. but like, yeah, it's not like they lead into this one. So I don't know. Yeah. So uh, also you sent this to me and I didn't do any reading or anything about it. I just was like, I saw the thumbnail yeah. <laughs> and I popped into it. I was like, okay, there's a big grasshopper. Great. And I said to my husband, I was like, put this on our YouTube watch later list. And like, <laughs> cause we'll like sit down and watch YouTube when we eat dinner. Hey, same. So, oh, cool. Yeah, so I'm like, I know, absolutely, like, I don't know what to expect, right? Well, that's not true. I expect, like, I'm a cute <laughs> lion, and I'm going to run around in Savannah with my animal friends. And, like, that's the extent of, like, what I'm expecting. <laughs> and then it's, like, they're, like, talking about demons and a UFO. A UFO <laughs> crashes, and there's a, <laughs> it mutates a grasshopper, and I'm like, Wait, when did this become like sci-fi? A sci-fi, like what is? I guess anything goes in Kimbaland. Are we going to talk about why why there was a UFO? No one else is asking any questions about the UFO. No one's asking the real questions, which is what? Hold on, why? Yes, it's and the and Professor Utonium is so matter of fact. He's like. Oh, it's probably from a UFO that crashed. Yeah, there was a UFO. It has radiation. It's probably the radiation that caused it. Yeah, like he's very, I mean, to be fair, it's that like, that very like, 
early voice acting, kind of like post transatlantic, but pre naturalism uh, voice mm-hmm. acting, where it's like very big and very, uh, but but not like hey hey twenty three skidoo, you know they they're like ah oh, Kimba, you have to get to this place, you know like they're speaking, they're hey. enunciating clearly, but they're not doing the like hey listen now here, you know <laughs> it's right on the cusp, right after transatlantic. But before, like, we tried to just capture people talking, you know? Uh, It's like, that's why I love, like, early, like, 60s and 70s, even up to the 80s, like, uh, martial arts movie dubs. Is they're very, like, hammy. (laughs) I'm like, I've always... I always wondered if people in those times like actually talk like that, like in every day, like watching those movies. I'm like, well, did everyone just talk like this? Hello there. Let me go do this thing. <laughs> if you trust Mad Men, yes, but I don't, I don't know. Maybe I feel like it was like, you know, the way that like, I don't know. I think it's just like an accent, you know, I think mm-hmm. that the, like, you know, more, what was more important is like where you were culturally raised, you know? Um, but yeah, shall we wrap up? Sure. So, uh, uh, this was a very, very fun episode, uh, uh, to do, and I'm glad that I had you on, but where could I find more of you to get more of this entertaining stuff? Oh, wow. Um, you can follow me on twitch.tv slash X Kaiju Hime X. I had to put the X's at the end of my name. (laughs) Because someone took my name. No. <laughs> I'm also on Twitter at Kaijuhime and Instagram and all those other good places. <laughs> <laughs> I will I will provide I think you have a link tree. Uh I'll put yes. that in the episode description. So if people want to wa- uh find more of you, uh it'll be read there. the description, follow <laughs> me. Oh, uh, is it click the link in the doobly doo? Yeah, click uh, and subscribe or whatever. Smash <laughs> that like button. Um, but yeah, uh, I had an absolute blast talking with you, and uh, I look forward to uh, uh the next time we hang out and talk about uh goofy stuff. Uh, yeah, but... it's awesome. <laughs> Uh, until then, I'll see you all on the next episode of Tokyo Signals. Some outro music plays here. <laughs> awesome. This concludes this test of the emergency broadcast system.